This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Dark and stormy podcast. We had Ren and Nick and Nico and Jake. We were on a trail going somewhere. And then a monster came out of the woods. He was looking real mean. It was me. <laughs> it was Ren. It turns out he had bitten himself, and he's one of those special titans, and they get to uh, turn into monsters and things like that at the same I was time. The super meanie titan. All right, what's going on, guys? Hey, what is what's going, going on? on? Thank what's you for. Uh, should I turn the noise music? suppression back off at this point, or no? You're good, dude. There's no noise what? to worry about there. It's okay. all good, crisp, clear audio. Y- oh, yeah. You may hear children crying, screaming, laughing, running, things of that nature. Your children. Yes. Okay. Go. <laughs> Just making sure. It's got a collection. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time they're mine. I don't know. I don't know who's over here anymore. I'll be Are honest. your kids old enough to like have like friends over and stuff now? Like playdates? Yeah, they're getting close. We uh, we went to a birthday party the other day for uh, a classmate, which was kind of the first time we'd done wow. that. Oh. Um. So. What was the theme? You know, they're they're getting to the age where that's happening. Uh, the theme, well, okay, so big, big news in Bernie, guys, but they built the Aero Playplex, and this is basically a giant jungle gym for children that is like, I don't know if you guys were ever in those as kids, but it's yeah, basically discovery that, zone. and you can run oh, everywhere dude, and do whatever you want. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah. Good it, place so, to be a kid. Oh, yeah. Great place to be a kid. A kid. So we did that. <laughs> Great place to be a squid. <laughs> Great place to be Ocean. a squid. I don't know about that, but <laughs> you, you yeah, man. I remember Discovery Zone back in the day. It was like the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. It was this unending world of tunnels and ball pits. Dude, there was this really dated one from like the seventies in my hometown, Nevada, California. Growing up, it was at this park called Pioneer Park. It was this old park with all these like old gravestones and stuff. But they had this big wrought iron metal play structure and it was as a kid i remember it being like the biggest thing in the world like you'd go up like multiple levels of ladders on like with like these like trusses everywhere and like there were all these like different like towers and stuff 
and the thing is though it would heat up in the summer yep. and okay. it would be like deadly <laughs> I, I i i distinctly remember being a child like not even in in kindergarten yet and i remember getting up into one of those types of playpens sorry um and i remember getting onto the slide and burning myself <sighs> and then just yelling for my mom Dude. and eventually she came over and like climbed up the thing and carried me down oh my gosh it was traumatic enough that i remember it <laughs> i mean yeah man kids kids these days you know they're coddled they're, they don't have like oven, oven uh play structures and, they don't have oh, oven cages <laughs> that same park had one of those it was also like just like metal so it heat up one of those spinny things where it was uh merry-go-round it, it was it, it's like a death merry-go-round where it's oh. like it's basically a hand pan but like hand. flattened out kind of on the edges mm -hmm. and there's like nowhere to hold on <laughs> So you basically <laughs> spin until you like get like booted oh. off of it, <laughs> or you oh, throw up, <laughs> or oh, both. <wow. laughs> and there were some uh, there were some brutal stories and uh, brutal times on that. It, it was basically like how how long can you go without getting sick? Oh boy, yeah, um, or That's, falling off. I don't like that. Do you guys did you guys ever go on like those little like roller pin slides? It was just oh, like a slide so. with a bunch of little noodle type cylinders that would all roll. Oh and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 always get caught in it somehow. Yeah. The finger breakers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god. I'm glad I didn't break the finger breakers. <laughs> Timmy went on Timmy went on one of them finger breakers and look at it. Oh my now. gosh. I don't cancel me, but Bill Cosby has a very funny bit on like play structures when he was a kid and like how he thinks adults designed them to kill kids. <laughs> it's hilarious. Look, it's one of his old bits. Um, but, yeah. yeah, that's about right though, man. <clears throat> Makes funny. me think of that. Yeah. Uh, hey, remember that bike podcast we did like two weeks oh, ago or three yeah. weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Update. I bought yes. the bike. Um, Ooh, so I got I got that Ooh. fancy Schmancy new e mountain bike this well, past weekend. Well, tell me about it. We won't we won't bore you too much with yeah. We won't spend uh, too much time on this stuff. But like, this is a big or, update. Or, Nico got or a bike. Will we? <laughs> or will we? Well, here's the thing. So you know. One of the big aspects of the friendship between me and Ren is our love for electric vehicles and wacky engineering. And I, we specifically held off on me talking to Ren about this until live on this podcast. <laughs> he, he told me earlier, he's like, so I got the bike. I was like, you must tell me everything. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Let's wait for the podcast. <laughs> so uh, the bike is insane. I didn't know bike technology had like progressed, like outside the electric side of things, just regular bike technology is just it's going forward as fast as like one wheel technology is like stuff's crazy like so not that fast <laughs> no i mean like in the sense that like <laughs> I stopped 22 riding a bike. 23 miles an hour <laughs> like the last bike i bought was six years ago <clears throat> um and i hadn't even looked at bikes because i was on the one wheel now for yeah. like the past three years or whatever why would you i mean <laughs> yeah exactly why would you um but they've gotten really cool like you know, there's so much like engineering going into like the geometry of the bike and the components of the bike. Uh, it's just like this thing, this, this, so the, this bike, it's a mountain bike. It's one of like the more modern frame designs which are built so you can like really move your weight around and always kind of keep your weight above either the back tire or the front tire or wherever it needs to be. Is it full suspension? Full suspension. Ooh. It goes over bumps like nothing. It's kind of mm. scary how smooth it is. Uh, it, I'm worried I'm going to get really overconfident really fast in that thing and then just have a hard crash. I feel it, like crashes it, are worse it, on bikes. I, yeah, <laughs> is, they can be. Is it like a single uh, uh, suspension on the back or it's a kind how, of, it's, how do they do? It's weird. So it's like if you imagine the back tire of a bike, there's basically uh, two pieces of metal that go to a point on the axle. Uh, and then those two pieces of metal that connect to like the bottom and the top of like your seat 
uh, rod. So, you know, you're sitting on like a vertical rod with a seat on the top. That's where the seat of the bike goes. And that makes up one side of the triangle. And then the point of that triangle is meeting at the axle of the back tire. So oh, basically okay. they took both of those points of that triangle that meet the seat rod and one, the bottom one pivots and the top one's like on a, uh, hmm. a shock. So basically your back tire can rotate from the center of the bike. Um, and the, and the big idea is that when you're, what's the big idea? The big idea is that when you're going down a hill or you're going <laughs> along, uh, you know, flat terrain and you're really putting some power into it and pedaling, the idea is that as you go over bumps, it's constantly pushing the tire back down into the ground to keep that traction going the whole time. Hmm. So it's not really there to make it so your ride is comfy and smooth. It's there to keep the tire pushing into the ground, even when it would be bouncing up or otherwise hitting divots. The downside of having suspension on your back tire, and by the way, there's a lot of great comments in the last uh, video where we talked about the bikes. So thank you to everybody who commented and gave me advice. I actually, it was, I read everything. It was really useful. <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing is when you're pedaling like, up a hill and you're putting a lot of power in that bike and pushing down, that suspension is going to squish a little bit every time and take some of that power away from you. So, for example, higher end suspensions have a little switch you can flip and it locks the whole thing if you want to for climbing up your hills, which is really cool. This bike has that, but okay, it doesn't need it sweet. because it has a motor on it. <laughs> so, you know, it's already a nice mountain bike. It's pretty cool. I didn't know everything could be so light and so tight and so quick. Like the gears, it's just like you, a little click and then it shifts and you can't even feel it. It's like, it's nuts. Like high tolerances. Just yeah. Like really just well everything's refined. like really tuned in. And like, I can't remember who was t talking to me about this. You might've mentioned this, Ren, but you know, <laughs> bikes have a lot of components on them, which is kind of why they also get expensive so quick, but cheap components break down. And so you don't want to be sitting there fixing a little fidgety thing on your bike once a yeah, week, you know, like a small little, small little plate that's like proprietary broken half. And it's like, well, there's only one place I can buy this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted to avoid it's cheaply made. Um, and the other thing, cool thing is that the uh, so the frames, it's a it's a really high end frame, but it's, you know, bikesdirect.com. This is not a sponsorship. It's I, that's where I got my last bike from. Basically, it's a place to get cheap bikes that are really well made and engineered. It's kind of like getting the uh, the store brand of like cereal where they both come from the same factory. It's just one doesn't say Kellogg's on it. Gotcha. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's not, it's not as totally good. generic. <laughs> is this sorry? I might have missed it. Is this an e-bike? This is an e-bike. I'm okay. getting there. So first okay. I'm just talking about how good the bike itself yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the whole the whole point is that there's a, a dude out here in L.A. that buys these things. And there's this Chinese company named, I guess, Bafang. Or I don't know how you pronounce it. B-A-F-A-N-G. Bafang. <clears throat> uh, they make specific kits that you can put on any bike. And so they make this really high end kit. Mm -hmm. That's super powerful. It's like 800 bucks or something like that. And so there's this guy out here in California that's buying those kits, and then buying like nice frames off of bikes direct. And then he puts those two together mm -hmm. and he's bit, like to get that equivalent bike uh, would cost you like 13,000, <laughs> 10,000, 8,000, like one of those kind of insane numbers. Yeah. Um, but having this guy do it instead you're getting you're actually getting a bike that has better electronics than those bikes with about you know around the same quality frame maybe a little less quality uh but for you know a third of the price a quarter of the price like right, way yeah. way way more affordable um so enough about the bike we're not here to talk about the bike we're here to talk about the electronics because that's the part that's insane <laughs> so i assume this is a rear uh, motor tire? It is not a rear motor It tire. is mid-drive. It is mid-drive, yes. Oh. And so this is a hard concept. I try to explain this to a lot of people, and I must be doing a really bad job of it because everybody kind of looks at me like, uh, when I try to explain this. But so if you imagine the motor of a car, you know, you can give it some gas and it spins faster, but that's that's all the output you get is whatever that motor can give you in that spin. But if you want to turn change, take that motor and turn it to like into, say, 
like high speeds, like for the highway driving, you need to use gears to change the output of your motor spins into a different spinning rate for your tires. Likewise, if you're like a truck and you want to start like pulling something in like a really low gear, you might want to put a lot of motor spins into just a few tire spins that you're putting a lot of power behind the spins. So basically, a transmission lets you transform a motor into either a lot of power or a lot of speed. And you really don't get both unless you just have the beefiest motor in the system. Um, and so a bike that has a motor on the tire, the motor is going to be able to put out whatever it has to offer juice-wise, and that's it. There's no way to turn that power into speed mm. or Using into Using mechanical torque. advantage of Using gears. mechanical advantage of gears. But a oh mid-drive my God, bike... He's, he's got a <laughs> mid-drive mechanical advantage. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. The bike already comes with 12 gears, and it's not like the bike where like three of those gears on the front and like six are on the back or whatever. It's 12 rings of gears on the tire on the back of the bike. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot, and I've never seen that before until actually looking at mountain bikes, and specifically yeah, this one. I was going to say, like, mountain bikes, I know, like, I had, like, a six-gear one. But that yeah. was like that was pretty like ooh that's fancy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the rings in the middle. No, just on it doesn't. The back. Just on okay. the back, it has twelve individual rings on the back. So uh, also, I guess when we're talking about mid drive, basically imagine putting the motor between the pedals. Exactly. Yes, between <laughs> the pedals. So basically, you know, just like how the gears on the bike let you change your foot power to be towards you know going up a hill and you're pedaling you know really fast, but the bike goes really slow, but you have a lot of push power, or you know you're going down the flat road really fast and you're you know you change that power so that you're turning it into speed. It's sure. the same thing. You know, by putting the motor on the middle of the bike, it's letting you change like that, you know, through mechanical advantage. You're changing the output of the motor to do different it's like things. like a hybrid, hybrid e-bike. That's yeah. That's really cool. So because it's a normal mountain bike, the low gear, for example, low gear is bigger than the gear that you pedal. Uh, so it's basically you're getting less turns of the tire than you are turns of your feet, which means you have a lot of power into that tire. The motor on this bike is a 1600 watt motor. The motor on the one wheel XR is a 750 watt motor. So this thing is putting out like twice the power twice of an power, XR. Yeah. And then I have gears on top of that to make it so <laughs> that the bike tire is actually rotating less for every rotation of the motor, which means I have so much torque in that thing that I can do a wheelie going up the Verdugo mountain, like on <laughs> pure throttle, with no pedaling on pure throttle. Dang. Can you do it on a flat ground? I can do Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you have to be careful because... Duh, the, Red. <laughs> the, well, I mean, if you're going up a hill, that's easier to do true, a wheelie than on a flat ground. But more the point that you're, you're starting dang from, it. like, Tr static. <laughs> God dang it, Ren, your physics knowledge, I can't say that by you. Yeah, you can do it on the ground very... You can, like, literally just... You push the throttle in the lowest gear, and the thing snaps out from under you, to the point where I'm kind of worried about the chain. Like, mm. you know, you can if you pedal, it doesn't snap out from under you. When you hit the throttle, it goes full throttle, you know? Uh... But the, like, in fact, because there's gears, you have like this added responsibility of taking care of your bike. Whereas if you're running the motor and you're in a really high gear and you stress it out and it like it is pulling with all its might, it's putting all that into the chain. And you can actually yeah. stretch the chain. So you need to make sure you're in an appropriate gear for what you're asking the bike to do. You don't mm -hmm. want to be trying to rev it up a hill in a high gear at the same time. You're going to, you know, the motor's going to work as hard as it possibly can. Mm -hmm. And all that force goes into the chain. But compared to like the one wheels, for example, like, I so there's a part on Verdugo. Verdugo is the mountain that we uh, frequently ride up here in Los Angeles. It's one of the tallest peaks within the city. It's right above Burbank and Glendale. Yeah, I believe it's like what forty four hundred feet. Not high? quite that high. Quite it's, that it's, high? it's a little lower than that. <clears throat> yeah, a good chunk though. I mean, you can see there's not a higher peak except for the mountains, like the actual mountains that created the desert. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
So going up that on our one wheels, we can maybe average eight miles an hour or so, maybe six miles an hour on the steeper parts. Well, some of us. <laughs> so this bike nips a 20 going uphill. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. It's crazy. Like it's, it's dangerous. Like how fast you can actually go. Like you don't have to, of course, floor it, but like this power that it has is nuts. And like, when I have a device, I like to not always be using that thing at maximum, right? Like if you have an air conditioner and you're running it at maximum 24-7, it's not a, it's not a powerful enough air conditioner for what you need it for, you know? And it's like if you have an electric vehicle and you're running it at maximum all the time, it's not fast enough. When you're running it at half and you're like, this is comfortable, and you know that you have that headroom, that's a really good feeling. Dude, when I had my mm-hmm. Nissan Leaf and I just had and I had to floor it just to go down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Your pedals all the way to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like hope I don't have to pass anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy. Like I'm really looking forward to riding this bike a whole bunch. It's 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 a dirt bike. It's basically a dirt bike. It has the power of like, you know, a smaller dirt bike, but it's on a bike frame and it weighs like 50 pounds. So the most important question that I'm wondering about, what are the specs of the battery? The battery. All right. So, Ren, I've gone specs. up to the top of Verdugo and back down from my house, which is you can't you can maybe do that on an XR battery if you weigh like 130 pounds. I did that on the bike already, plus another trip like halfway up and down. And the indicator still says full. <laughs> also, yep. that's not yeah. a spec. It's, it's not a spec. Fair, it's man. 52 volts, 13 amp hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a solid. Uh... Okay. That's a, that's a half kilowatt hour. Yeah. A little over. Does it recharge when you go downhill? No. Okay. Does it not really? No. Huh. Because it doesn't have that resistance, right? Yeah. Like okay. A, that like would make car. sense. Yeah. Because you would get that in a direct drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you could probably get that if if you had like the rear tire motor, but I guess in the mid drive where you have, you know, like when you're riding a bike and you stop moving the pedals and you hear that. Yeah. It's like the single drive gear of the bike pedals. That's why you can't really like, I mean, I guess you can move backwards, but when you you go forwards, they catch the gears and they go, but there's no, you can. Yeah. There's nothing if it goes backwards. So you cannot harness that energy back into the battery. Alas. But the f- Alas, it is gone. You need it, though. I mean, but at the end of the day, these are all just vehicles for freedom, especially freedom of the city. Freedom, like there's... I've always wanted to make a, uh, or I, I I've always wanted a seventy-two volt electric Ooh, bike. Man, I ran into a guy randomly up on that Verdugo Hill. He built his own e-bike. Yeah, it was like this big Whoa. thing. He like put it together with like struts and stuff. And seventy-two volts is a lot of juice. Yeah, yeah, it was a <laughs> seventy-two volts. It was a big one. <laughs> There's a lot of wilderness. It's a 20-cell battery. There's a lot of wilderness in Los Angeles, but it's not really accessible wilderness because it's mountain wilderness. <clears throat> but it's true wilderness. Like, you know, like I think I said this before, the biggest municipal park in the world is in Los Angeles. It's Griffith Park. It's a mountain. It's an entire, it's actually multiple mountains, and there's nothing on them. But you can't just like, hey, you want to go hang out on the top of a mountain? Cool. Let me just, you know, pack food for six hours and... Get up there and then <laughs> get, get up about there an hour before you have to get back down. Yeah. And the one wheels and to the point this electric bike have made it where going to the top of the mountain is a 20 minute. I, I, I literally don't have to work. Hmm. Like yeah. you just yeah. you have to be, of course, you have to be aware so you don't drive off the mountain and kill yourself. But like beyond that, it's just like walking down to your park to have a picnic, but you're on top of a mountain instead. Well, okay. It's totally, so, freedom. Yeah. so Nico, um, coincidentally, Along the lines of electric powered devices. Did you buy a Tesla? Uh, no. 
No. Uh, the oh uh, if you said yes, the, that would have blown my mind. No, the Ford F one fifty Lightning just uh, yeah. was oh yeah. So I put in a reservation for one Ooh. of those um, because they seem pretty badass. I still have to do a little bit more research, you know, before I commit to it. But of course, um, coolest thing about it, uh, if your house does not. Yes, if your house does not have power, you can use your car to charge your house or to power your house. That's really cool. Yeah, Holy that's definitely the future shoot. we're going for. And so I, actually, cool. that's the that's the uh, theory I put out there behind the Cybertruck. And I guess Ford beat Tesla to it. Was that the Cybertruck was basically going to double as a power wall for your house? All Teslas for, technically can. They, they just don't give can. you that ability. And because they, they don't quite have the capacity, I would argue they can. They're getting close. I mean, when you say capacity, you're talking about the amount of energy. Well, I mean, they could, but it's more like. If you supplied juice to your house, you would start to really cut into like if you need to drive the car like somewhere mm-hmm. right. like because, you know, it's like you get realistically 200 something miles to a charge. Whereas like if your car had 600 miles on, it's like, who cares if you run the house for a day or two off that thing? You know, well, that's the assumption, though. <laughs> How I mean, I I don't know that much about the lightning, the Ford lightning. Uh, what range are they advertising for it? The 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 base model uh, has two hundred and thirty miles, and then you can upgrade to a three hundred mile. Okay, so max of three hundred mm-hmm. miles. Do you happen to know what the energy capacity is in kilowatt hours? Uh, no, I read through that when I was reading through all the information, but it it did it, it, it. Those numbers still don't quite register with me. That's yet. totally fine. That's totally fine. I, I guess what I'm saying is that like you know a Tesla, like the Model Three has a seventy five or eighty kilowatt hour battery, and that's me, a huge battery. Like the power walls that uh, people get are like 10 to 15 kilowatt hours. And how much is a Tesla? How much is a Tesla? No, sorry. In kilowatt hours, was it 80 you said? Yeah, 75 or 80. It's in that range. In the for one, like the long range Model so, 3. So 80,000 watt hours. And the one wheel, Correct. for example, is 360 watt hours. Correct. So that's a, a lot of one wheel batteries. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> wow. No, and I forget <laughs> the specific reasons, but you can totally power a, a house for a few days off of... Uh, off of just a, a regular Tesla, but it has to do with the actual like charging infrastructure, uh, yeah, th- that we have currently for to charge your car. Like you plug mm-hmm. your car into the wall, it's not really built to take that charge okay. back. Yeah. So this if you is... want to charge your your house from your truck, you're gonna have to get a specific charger that can power right. your house from your truck. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's right. just not something Tesla sells. Which I definitely will at some point. Um, I'm also thinking about putting solar panels down in the field down Heck there yes, then, then i can nice. yeah um so it then says it has you. peak charging power of 19.2 kilowatt hours enabled by the battery's dual onboard chargers which means a full charge overnight is that does that sound oh that's just how fast it can charge itself that's not the right number let me no yeah yeah that was a charging rate okay let me look it up so i'm curious jake what drew you to the, the lightning which by the way I can't believe no one took the term lightning for their vehicle until now. I know. <laughs> Ford's like, hey, how about the lightning? It's like, no, that's too obvious. Somebody must have taken the lightning. I mean, there's the Leaf, there's the Tesla, there's... It's like, wait a minute, there isn't a lightning. Wait a second. Nobody's taken lightning yet. I wonder how much <laughs> of it plays into they can't use certain terms because they have already have a, a, like, a catalog of names that they've pre-trademarked. Mm. Mm. I think Ford would have trademarked lightning, though. That sounds yeah. like a Ford car to me. So, Jake, yeah. why uh, why the lightning I'll, and not the Cybertruck? I mean, Nico. <laughs> Jake just laughs. No, seriously. <laughs> Do I have to explain? Uh, uh, well, okay. I'll like. You don't like that Chrome boy? Dude? The, the basic answer is that like 
the poss what do you think the possibility is the probability is that whoever designed the Cybertruck actually uses a truck <laughs> fair point and, well, and then the, the the other thing is is they tried to make it all like you know it, it's like it's completely impractical for an actual work truck how like is trucks, it impractical i'm actually curious because specifically what are those side things like the the, the angled things on the bed uh-huh you don't want that on your bed. You want a flat. You want a flat thing so you can put stuff on top of it or add like uh, rigging to it or like you know get get over the side of the truck for okay. access to the bed. I like get that. There's all these, and then the the other thing is they didn't try to like redesign it and be like, you know, let's make it all like they're just like same truck, electric motor, and now you have a front truck and all this other cool stuff. Wait, are you talking about the lightning now? yeah oh okay. yes yeah so so that was that was the other thing plus i've i've always like had fords so I, i'm just comfortable with them as machines mm -hmm. um, i mean they've been making of... trucks for a very long time they've got a lot of truck experience <laughs> yes they do That's have true. a lot of truck experience um so so that was another reason um very competitive costs on the lightning as well i, I don't know what the Cybertruck starts at but um i think they say the, it starts at like 38 or something like that it's okay so that that's quite. that's about the same for these these start at like 40 yeah huge asterisk with what i said aka the thing doesn't <laughs> exist yet and won't exist for another two or five years <laughs> yeah. that was Why? the other thing too is like <laughs> i don't know when like ford's saying that they're going to start actually delivering these sometime next year and that you can actually start ordering them at the end of this year um mm -hmm. so i don't who knows if that's you know <clears throat> true or not but um that was another reason um the main that the main marketable advantage that tesla has over everyone else is the technology you know it's like mm -hmm. they have a battery factory that is way yeah. more advanced than any other battery factory in the world and on top of that they're also actually putting like modern day smart tech in the car which you know no one else is really doing quite yet. Like yeah. everyone's kind of getting there, but they're, they're so far behind in terms of like self-driving capabilities behind Tesla. They will all get there soon enough. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine in about 10 years, most cars will have pretty decent, at least highway self-driving capabilities. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, 10 years. Okay. So Ren, this is a guess. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying for a wide enough to where oh, every single car that gotcha, you're getting gotcha. these days. Yeah. Cause the fleet habits. cycles every 20 years or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ren, this is a guess on kilowatt hours. It's saying on the standard range battery, 115 to 125 kilowatt hour total. And that's the 200. The okay. That's for 230. And then the, and then 155 to 170 Damn. on the extended range battery. Those are huge batteries. Okay. Yeah, so if, if we just say 150. The truck weighs six over six thousand pounds. Three hundred miles. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just batteries. Just torque just on that thing layers must be insane, batteries. dude. And okay, so the fastest like truck right now is the Raptor, and that <laughs> thing. I don't know what it does zero to sixty, but this thing, just the standard like basic model, like smokes it. You know, yeah. just because it's electric. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's got. I mean, does that's it have a, multiple motors or is it? Yeah. Like, Yes, yeah, so it has of... dual, dual motors front okay. and back, and then the batteries nice. center on the on the bed, hmm. you know, in the middle in the middle of the frame. Yeah. Um. So That's yeah, a big I don't battery, know. by the way. <laughs> yeah, 150 kilowatt hours. Oh my god. Yeah, it's two Teslas. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just That's where I most know. of the weight's going to be like coming from be a, something like that. Seems I, like it's going to be a monster. I th- I'm, I feel like almost any electric vehicle puts to, like, just totally dominates, like, the gas equivalent in terms of, like, the specs. It's hard to argue that there's, like, a gas-powered version of something that's better than the, like, electric version of something when it comes to, like, motor output. Yeah, the only, honestly, the only advantage non-electric vehicles still have over electric is the ability to do long-range travel. Yeah, and easy, like, refills that don't require the vehicle to travel to a refill station. But you can still rent a car if you want to do that. Sure. You know? I, I guess I'm like just that's... saying it's like you can you can stop to refill your car for about, you know, two to five minutes or whatever, and you get back on the road and keep going. And that just right. gets more and more intense the bigger your vehicle. Like if you're trying to put 200 gallons into your truck, you know, it takes a long time to you know fill 200 gallons. But then you're also able to go hundreds of miles if you're trying to do that equivalent with electricity charging. You're going to be sitting there for quite a long time. That's why when Tesla introduced the semi, they also introduced the mega chargers, Mm. which are super high voltage and also super high current to the point that they actually have four different plugs within the connector. (laughs) Each one is a parallel plug just so that they don't have the voltage go up too high because at a certain point, when the voltage gets high enough, it actually arcs through the rubber (laughs) of the charger. And oh, God. Yeah. That, would, that's, that, would, that would destroy somebody. And as it is, I think the Teslas <laughs> run at like something like two or 300 volts. Mm. Maybe 400. I'm not exactly sure. That's a lot. So, and, then, and then one other thing that, that sort of convinced... I, and all I did was make the reservation, which was just mm-hmm. a, a refundable $100. Oh, nice. Um, so she the other thing truck. it said is the, uh, the batteries are, rechar- are recyclable, is what it says. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I don't know <laughs> if that's true or not. We were just talking but about that at is, lunch. I mean, it is true. Here's the thing. <clears throat> All lithium-ion batteries are technically recyclable. It's just that no one really has an established process for doing it in at volume, at scale, you know? Uh, yeah. That is on the, the docket for the Gigafactory. They have an entire section of the building dedicated to just ingesting used batteries, breaking them down mm-hmm. into their components, and then reusing them. But that's what's the awesome thing about lithium-ion batteries is that, like, if you actually just break down the components and rebuild them, it's a brand new battery. You can reuse all the same components. It's just, right. it's just an orientation thing that gives the energy and, and it's like slowly becomes unoriented, which is the degradation of the battery, you know, as opposed to other fuel sources where it might be like reusable to some extent, but not quite as well. Yeah. But well, again, if there's, if there's money to be made it in it, people will figure it out. Although, if, uh, JB, uh, I forget the dude's name. Uh, one of the lead engineers at Tesla for the longest time actually quit Tesla. J- JB, JB Stradwell or something like that. I'm blanking on his name. Dang it. He quit Tesla. He was like lead of engineering for the last, you know, 15 years to start a battery recycling company. Mm. Mm. Um, so if Ford is saying that their batteries are going to re- be recyclable, part of me thinks that's just marketing. Um, it might be. It, yeah. They're just like, oh, our batteries are going to be recyclable. Like, in because 10 years you have to be able to say that you know <laughs> but tesla's saying the same thing they're saying their batteries are recyclable you know okay but they're not actually recycling them yet they're just reusing them right uh when well, you retire a, an electric car what happens is that that battery is now a perfect stationary battery for mm. like a building oh like a like a power wall exactly mm. interesting interesting wait what what do you mean stationary battery like power like you know like plug a battery into a building power the building because oh you know like you do 
the whole thing about like battery degradation, right? Is that uh, I need like, to recharge my house over time? <laughs> I just want to charge my house with my car, right? That's all. <laughs> where's the big USB plug? <laughs> yeah, where's the USB? Where, it's the, where's the where's the mailbox slot? Just like shukunk. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that you get a battery or you get a, some sort of electrical device, computer, phone, car, one wheel. Uh, it's got a fresh new battery. It, go, it goes really far. And then over time, as you recycle or as you recharge it over and over and over again, over dozens or hundreds of re- recharges, you don't get that full capacity. You start getting down to like 90%, then 80%, maybe even as low as 70%. Typically, around the 80% mark, a battery is considered end of life. Hmm. And so it gets replaced uh, in whatever devices. And the thing is, though, is that, you know, an, a 100 kilowatt hour battery at 80% degradation is still an 80 kilowatt hour battery. Yeah. There's still a lot of energy there. Uh, they just, it's not really feasible for a vehicle anymore, so you can mm. remove it and now use it to power anything else. There's still a tremendous amount of energy just, there. Mm. It just doesn't make as much <clears throat> sense from, like, an energy to weight perspective. Yeah, it's not, you're, that's, you, need, you, need, you need to not be worried about density. Yeah, Energy yeah, density. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's, but that's, yeah, grid storage is still kind of a thing when, you know, density is not really that big of a deal. So you have older battery technologies that still kind of work because you have all the space you need to have all the energy you want. We are so, we are seriously diving into energy and battery and stuff again. I mean, it's I welcome back to the corridor cast. Yeah. Corridor cast is actually not that secretly a futurology podcast because honestly, <laughs> that's what got us into filmmaking in the first place. We it's were all true. futurologists when it came to filmmaking. So, speaking of futurology, I made a big shift yesterday. <laughs> I made oh, a right. big life change. <laughs> really. A big life change. You're not going to ride a one wheel ever again. How dare you suggest something like that, (laughs) even as a joke? No, I got a MacBook. I got, I got, I got a little (sighs) laptop here. Um, What? Get that thing out of here. I have my entire life getting those files off of there. I didn't see it coming. I gotta admit. (laughs) I have been a PC user my entire life. I have never once owned a Mac, or Macintosh, or MacBook, or any type of Mac Mm -hmm. computer. In the 28 years of computer using I've been doing. For someone <laughs> nice. who likes tech so much, that's super surprising to me. Is it, though? Because yeah. from my point of view, Macs have always been a little not customizable enough. Yes, but the UI uh, and the the tangibility and just, like, sleekness has always been price. there. And the, and the cost of those components yeah. never and really seemed price. worth it to me. I'm not going to argue and those a- And those right ads when they're <laughs> like, hey, I'm not going there. we released <laughs> it in exactly. purple now. Isn't um, that cool? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. For me, I always Nintendo I, on that one. I never considered having more than one computer, and I was like, "All right, if I'm going to have a computer, it's got to be a PC. PC is powerful, configurable. You can you can build a PC that's as powerful as a Mac for a third of the price, type deal. You know, uh, with that, you know, are obviously like classic PC problems. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I started realizing that I would love to be able to use my computer from my bed or my couch. So if I had like a cheap little laptop to be able to parsec into it, it'd be great. But then I also started realizing over the last decade, I've slowly become a bit of an Apple boy. You know, I, I got an iPad. <laughs> oh, no. I got an iPhone. And oh, last no. December, I got an Apple Watch. Red. And I realized I want Come back to, the to light. complete this ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to just airdrop files from my phone to my laptop. There was a hole. I want to be able to answer text messages on my laptop. Yeah. And, Ren, and you're come right. Come back the to UI the light, is, Ren. <laughs> you know, it's like 
there isn't like a Windows laptop that has a good battery life. But there just isn't. I've never used a Windows laptop that can have the battery last long. Razor has entered the chat. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know how long the battery? So this is the. Is that the M1? The M1 chip. The M1 is insane. And it's the MacBook Air. It's the not the base model, but the one up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have like 16 gigs of RAM, but it does have a half terabyte SSD. Huh. It's basically an iPad with a keyboard and a different operating yeah, system. Yeah, it's, it's a $1,200 laptop. <clears throat> it's, you know, Jeez. not cheap, but compared to other Mac laptops, those usually start at like 2000 2500 if you want something yeah. decent. And this, the, the battery life on this thing, take a guess. Eight hours. 18 Ooh, hours. God. 18 Ooh. hours of battery hours. life for a laptop. That's insane. Have you ever seen yeah. the internals of a MacBook Air, by the way? No. So the the internals of the MacBook Air are basically the same internals as your phone and the iPad. In other yeah, words, if I you look it. at your phone and you like you look at half of your phone, that's like, you know, chips and the other half is basically battery. I mean, it's not quite laid out like that, but mm-hmm. so if you look at the MacBook Air and how big that is, basically just imagine a small like 4-inch <laughs> by 4-inch square in the center. That's all the hardware and then all the rest of it is battery. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so it's Jeez. basically just one giant battery <laughs> sitting on your lap. I, oh, there yeah. are some of those like internet surfer books that uh, have really good battery life, like the Pixel Book, and yeah. uh, Microsoft has that. Um, I don't know. There's another one that they have. Those those both had. I've had both of those. They had good battery life, but they're mm. not PCs. They are not PCs. They're yeah. they're basically tablets with keyboards. Yeah, you can have no access to file systems. Like you get, you get the tried and true OS X operating system. On yeah, this, on this and bad boy. and I've I've been using an iPad for the last year or so, and I I love the iPad. It's great, but at the end of the day, as much as I try to make it a laptop replacement, it is just not. The file system on the iPad is god awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's like I, I needed that. Com- I needed a computer. And this is this yeah. is a computer. Yeah. Well, you got one. Yeah. Congrats. So, cool. Although, you know, it's funny because I, I got home. I was so excited. I picked it up from the store. I got home, opened it up out of the box, booted it up, initialized it with my information and all that stuff. And it goes to the desktop. I'm like, all right, I'm this is the moment. This is the moment I've been waiting for. I finally get to use the laptop. And I'm like, I have no idea how to use this. <laughs> I do not know what to do. <laughs> I was just like, uh, oh, Right. This is not a PC. I, and so I ended up having to watch how to use a MacBook tutorial. Nice. <laughs> you can, Ren, you can um, uh, parcel your hard drives uh, to have it so like support dual boot. Windows. Yeah. So, so I used to have an uh, a MacBook when I was mm-hmm. in law school. And we had to take the bar exam on a PC program. So I parse... I, Parcel part of my partition. That's the word. Yeah. yeah, half of my drive to like commit to that, <laughs> and it was it was fine. Yeah, when I was in college, actually, all of our engineering computers at the school were were those Mac towers, you know, like the mm-hmm. big ones. But they all ran Windows. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, honestly, the main reason why I got this was so that I can use Parsec to connect to my computer from my bed. Parsec's pretty amazing. Right. It, it, it is. It, yeah it is incredible i hate to say it but You're, i feel like i feel like you know all the like uh the cloud-based computing stuff you know that's out there mm-hmm. um i feel like you know everything's that that's the future because why well, need a powerful computer at home you can just use it on the cloud but that's actually kind of short-sighted because you just extend that future out like a few more years and that computer that you're connecting to on the cloud you can have at home for a couple bucks 
And why not just have that computer in your the corner of your house in a little box? And now you don't have any latency to worry about. You don't have any, you know, internet foibles to worry about. You can still connect to it from your tiny little podunk laptop or yeah. computer or whatever you want in the rest of the house. But, you know, like the I mean, M1 I- chip in your MacBook Air is an insanely powerful chip. In three or four years, that chip's going to be the slow boy, you know? It's like, so what if they had like a little box that's just in the corner of your house and that's, you know, that's the computer that you log into rather than having to always connect to the cloud. Well, because then that computer will also get out of date. I think the idea behind oh, cloud right. services is that, you know, they're constantly getting updated. You're paying for a service to always have the top of the end computer. I think yeah. there's merits to both. That like, is true. Absolutely. I'm yeah. on board with just having the workstation at home. I don't want to use someone else's computer, which is in essence yeah. what a cloud yeah. computer is. Is Google Stadia still around? Technically, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused on that because they were like, like there's <laughs> all this news about how Google Stadia was going under. They're canceling it and all this stuff, and then there's all this news like, no, they're still working on it. They're still okay. We have high sites have for it. And- I have to write this down. We should do a, an entire podcast dedicated to all of the th- all of the products that Google has attempted to create <laughs> that are like sitting in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> we have a variety of those in our drawers. <laughs> we don't have any Google Glass though. That's true because they were really like I think the hardware was really expensive and they didn't really yeah. give them out. I remember too much. Brandon or someone who worked with Brandon back in the early stress level zero days had one. So I tried it on. I tried or rather I tried it out and whatnot and I was like I can see why it didn't catch on immediately. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. Yeah. You're like, like oh, yeah, sucks. I get good. why no one wants this without even having to use it. Imagine having to use Siri for 100% of your interactions with your phone, except it's like a tenth of as good as Siri. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I guess I understand the eventuality of that tech, you know, but like yeah. in, 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 in the Google Glass iteration, it was like literally this tiny little window, like the size of like, like literally a postage stamp at arm's Ooh. length. Mm-hmm. yeah like that was the size of the screen yeah. that you could see through the glasses smaller than the right. hollow lens was <laughs> yeah hollow lens was pretty cool though hollow lens like as a concept yeah like obviously the hardware wasn't quite there yet but the thing that was really neat about it was being able to put your screens up anywhere mm-hmm. in your space and like the, having it remember that space so you can put yeah. it on any moment and look back to the wall where your like virtual tv is and always have the virtual tv be there yeah and like that's really forward thinking because imagine in like ten years when the hardware is really good and you have your TV sitting on the virtual wall and you have your virtual sculpture in like the front of your house and you know you have your virtual art yeah. hanging on the walls. Oh yeah, yeah. Would you like to? Soon. Would you White like boxes. to have that all going on in your house, Nico? You know, yes. Of course I, I would. Like, I feel like of course would. I would, man. Yeah. <laughs> AR holograms rain. all over my house, like for real. <laughs> Do you think we'll get real? You think we'll get there? Real? You think Nico's, we'll get just, there, a, Nico's just a humble <laughs> NFT hologram collector. <laughs> like, dang it! I wish I would have got there NFTs. Some... I thought they were weren't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can display all your NFTs in yeah. your house. Oh yeah, it's my collection. Well, have of you guys private seen gifts. those new uh, the the snap glasses? Snap. What's snap the name glasses? of snap? Snap. Chat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Snapchat. They just released yes. new spectacles. <clears throat> uh, my friend Don. Uh, Don uh, was on the cover of Wired magazine for those. He was wow. wearing their new, brand new spectacle glasses uh, that have like an AR display built in. Apparently, they're pretty decent. Hmm. I know very little about them though. Yeah, it's a little sketchy though having people wear cameras while they're looking at you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. What's Snapchat up to these days? How's their stock doing? Let's find out. <laughs> oh, Snapchat! I don't, I don't know, honestly. I've, Let's I've, find out. I tried getting into Snapchat a little oh. bit. 
Back when we did it's actually Snapper up Hero. significantly <laughs> since the beginning of this year. I I've never why touched this since. Everybody, every stock is all those glasses. Well, <laughs> it's all Snapchat yeah. glasses yeah, <laughs> flying off the those. shelves. Maybe Snapchat's just really holding on to like I don't know. Would they be like twenty to twenty-five year olds now? <laughs> it's like there's one sliver of like yeah generation that's like Snapchat. I know a lot of people <laughs> younger than me that still frequent that app. Yeah. So. Well, they did just spend five hundred million dollars to buy the company that made those spectacles. So. Yeah. Damn. Wow. They're really mm-hmm. investing in that, man. Yeah. Okay. Who knew? Hey, you know who leader. else went? You know who else went public the other day it was is uh, Squarespace, and this is not an ad. Seriously? <laughs> oh, no, oh yeah. Jake! <laughs> Did you buy some Squarespace? Wait, wait, stock wait, wait! Jake? Pull oh, that hell back. Yeah, cut that, cut that bit out. We have to introduce it so, so to not trigger the audience into thinking it's an ad. <laughs> no, so Squarespace I went public. Jake, yeah. do you have more information about that? Yeah, they went. They went public. Uh, uh, I think last week on like Monday. Good for them. And I bought some on uh, Friday, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they started. They they entered at fifty. They went down a little bit. Now they're up at fifty five. I I feel like they got a long. There's a long way to go there. Hopefully, I bought, I bought Roblox stock when that came out. <laughs> when it came out, bad, man. Like when the, they when Roblox went public, I bought some Roblox stock. I was just like screw it. <laughs> Did they get massively popular before or after? Before. That? Okay. Before. Okay. Well, because they, they're one of those. It's a game, but it's also kind of like a I've platform, never played it. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I played it a little bit with my nieces, uh, <laughs> who are super into it. They're like, you know, like six and eight years old. Actually, no, they might be like ten now. I don't know. They're young. Um, I never realized how massively huge it is. Yeah, I feel how like many it's, millions of people. It's the VR it. system from Ready Player One. It's just they don't have VR headsets yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in time. <laughs> that's what it will become. Interesting. It, it yeah. like blew my mind when I started realizing the reach of it. It was kind of like you know five ten years ago when you started realizing how many people played minecraft yeah and you're like oh wow that many and it's just like every year it just got bigger and bigger and bigger like mm. i went through phases over the course of the last decade of like i'd play a bunch of minecraft for a while mm. and then like fall out of it for a couple years play a bunch fall out of it for a couple years so what are their Sounds what's their top right. game <laughs> roblox yeah roblox roblox it, it, is, it roblox. is a game it's yeah. like minecraft yeah. Dude, I, sorry, I this is not my. I mean, world. I don't play it. I don't know. I don't know, man. No, I mean, like it, it's it, it's a game in the sense that like playing they have a really forward thinking. It's a world. It's like, a, it's an open ended world <laughs> game platform type yeah. thing. You can when make did, games within it. So cool. When did you buy it, Nico? Like right when they went public. Oh, so like a couple weeks ago. It was more than a couple weeks ago, but something like that. Yeah. It, so you, you you just made a bunch of money in the last like three days. Oh hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) You bought it around seventy. Let me check. It's up at ninety now. Wow! Hopefully, I bought it at seventy. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like the idea of having a a game environment where it's about being within that game environment and making more games and figuring out a way to enable that. I mean, everybody everybody pursues that user generated content, but I don't think that's the thing. I think about gaming in general. They lack good really good social experiences in a way that you get that with Dungeons and Dragons because you can only craft so many gameplay experiences before like, you know, the group of artists and game designers you have making that, like, they can only put stuff out so fast. Obviously, you can have user-generated content, but it kind of sucks if people are just doing it for fun, you know? It's like you don't really get that much good stuff. And I'm kind of surprised that they don't have the equivalent of like Disney Park Disney like Disneyland theme park mascots get getting paid to be in the games like not quite NPCs because they're actual people but they're not player characters either they're there 
being paid and whether it's in credits in the game or in real money or whatever, they're being paid to be in that world to be there for you to fight or to run the game or to direct things to try to make it as fun as possible. Like okay. what if, for example, you were playing games of battlefield, but there was a overall war director who's not on either team and they just try to make the whole battle fun and interesting by like changing certain things, by adding certain things, etc. And at the end of the game, if you liked it, you leave him a little tip or a little like thumbs up. And whoever has enough thumbs ups at the end of the day gets like 10 bucks, you know, or something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But like video game they're companies, like a, they're like a blackjack dealer. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Video game companies don't have players being incentivized to like be DMs or like the villain or something like that. Like what if you went into a dungeon and the, the villain was just another player, but they're they're not there to win. They're there to be the villain to get killed by you, and they're getting paid from the game to do so. Interesting you know? idea, yeah. So Roblox has hints of that happening. Battlefield yeah. tried that with like the general system or whatever. I yeah. forget what it's called. It's like Commander, but you could like use your tablet or iPhone even to like okay. play Battlefield games, and literally like I mean it's not very extensive. You can like have some perks, some abilities, and you can set objectives for the team. But I mean, still, there is that feeling of like, OK, there's someone kind of watching over us, like helping yeah. the flow of the game kind of form. So that that was kind of a cool system. But so no, I, I agree. That'd be cool. I bought Roblox at sixty nine dollars. Oh, I've made three hundred dollars. I did not buy very much Roblox. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's not one of those Reddit stocks. Yeah, man, I don't I don't buy individual stocks to actually try to make money off them. I just I buy them because who knows what will happen in the future. I just buy them because I like to like lean my overall investments towards some stuff once in a while. Like, yeah, NVIDIA yeah. and Tesla are like the two companies I actually have like anything significant. in. Dude, even I it's remember not that much. way back in the day, we're talking like when I was still running the behind the scenes channel. Mm-hmm. I remember you you and Sam both bought Tesla stock. I think Sam yeah. got in at around 70 and you tried getting in at 90, but it was like the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so it auto purchased the next morning at like a hundred and five dollars. I yeah. think. And I remember you being kind of pissed like, man, I didn't get in on time and now it's too high. It's never going to get higher than this. <laughs> and like, and you're like, I'll probably sell it in a couple weeks. And, and like, I, I forget what happened. You ended up selling it a little bit later. Maybe it had gotten up to like a 130 or something like that. And you ended up yeah. selling it all. <laughs> I ended up selling it all. Then I ended up buying it back in later. I'm like, I'm just going to ride it now. <laughs> and then I actually sold. I sold a chunk to get the actual Tesla and I sold a chunk about a month ago when it's at 645. It was dipping. I'm like, okay, this wild ride, this bubble is going to pop at some point. This I'm gonna, wild ride. And it wasn't like, I'm just gonna, it's not like I just took it out. I'm going to put it on the mattress. I'm just going to put it. I put the money into more like less risky investments. Cause it's like Tesla is risky. It's made a bunch of money. It's still hella volatile and risky. And I was kind of getting tired of having that much money exposed to risk. So I started. Yeah. The emotion, the emotion of it. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, I bought take two interactive at $14 a share and sold it at like $28 a share, $26 a share. Jake, can you look up what take two is at right now? Let's yeah, let's see. Because I was like GTA five is coming out soon. It's probably going to do really well. How much did you buy it for? I bought it for $14. I sold it for $24. (laughs) It's at 184. <laughs> oh, no. I should have held it. <laughs> I should have short sold it. I was thinking short term. Oh no. Yeah. God, that would have paid for the entire bike for free. <laughs> Man. Anyways, that was oh, like well. when I thought I could use my my gamer sense as like inside knowledge. Yeah. Like this game's gonna do great, and it did do great. And then I 
neglected how much money they would make on GTA Online and sold long before that happened. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of tech that we bought, I bought a Nutribullet blender the other day. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty Ooh. stoked about a that. A bullet blender? <laughs> You're blending some stuff? <laughs> What's your Turn, blender? Turns that fruit into juice real quick. Let nice. me tell What's you. What's one of your favorite blends? Ooh, let me tell you. Well, <laughs> Bullet blenders are no joke. I just had man. to chime in with my my recent tech purchase. It, <laughs> How it's, you doing? Uh, it, it's rose gold, you know. It's, yeah. rose, it's rose gold, gold. is yeah. it really? I'll have you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but those things are like MacBooks of blenders. They're pretty sleek. So. <laughs> <laughs> Aluminum chassis. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It's all. It's all machined. Yeah. Pre- premium <laughs> price. It's the MacBook of blenders. Let me tell you. <laughs> Wait, did, you said Nutra. Blender, uh, the the magic bullet, magic, magic bullet. bullet. Okay, yeah. I had a magic bullet back yeah. in the day. It was it was nice, but I hated the cleanup because it's like any blender. I name know. one. They yeah, that's why I don't blender. Any blender. <laughs> that's part of the life, dude. You have to okay, just get we, in there, we, risk we the blades with the sponge. We just discovered a, a new market that we can get into the clean the self cleaning blender. Yes, yeah. It needs like a little bit of water jet that like shoots and like it. It, the the blades spin and it like self cleans. I mean, I guess you could yeah. just like put a little bit of water and soap back in the blender and then turn it on. That's literally what I what, I, what I do. <laughs> that's too that's too manual. Too manual. No one's gonna buy it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so that was a, a bit of a splurge. So. <laughs> no, nice. but I actually have been eyeing a new MacBook. I still have my iMac from 2013. Did Christian just whisper same? Nice. Ooh. What are you guys? Dude, I've been a Mac boy though since the beginning. That's I started as Mac boy, unfortunately. Yeah, me too, actually. And uh, you know, two, baby. dude, working here was the first time I like really had to learn how to use a PC. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I remember asking Nico like, "Hey, how do I like go to my settings?" Because <laughs> like I didn't know. I like uh, like the editing program was the same, but like that's I just what did I had to Google yeah, no, last it, it night like, to use my shoes. MacBook. I was like, how do I go to my settings? Yeah. <laughs> how do I find out how much storage I have? You, 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 end, my you end up on like some fourteen year old girl's YouTube channel who's explaining yeah. this to you. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> like five years ago, something's never changed, man. Yeah, man. No. I mean, I do like Apple's uh, UI, and they're it, it's very just, I guess, pleasing to the senses. Well, you know? I, I went into so this focused. wanting yes. to buy a MacBook, uh, but not wanting to spend a lot of money. I wanted just something cheap to complete the ecos- ecosystem and to use Parsec with. So I was looking at like maybe a three or four year old refurbished or used uh, MacBook something um like I, I i don't know anything about max i just i was like all right they're usually expensive it's apple uh so i'm not going to get something new but like with the new m1 chips have brought the price down by like a factor of two like they're half what? as expensive as they should be now yeah and was when, it before or after ren that you realized that they intentionally downgrade their uh their hardware after time when you were like <laughs> oh, i should probably get a new one then <laughs> What? what? <laughs> that, 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 that that came out like two years ago. They they there was emails leaked. No, I know. I, I guess one, I just, of higher ups, one of the higher ups was talking about how they intentionally downgrade their uh, their hardware over yeah. time so that people people want to buy the new one. I no, I understand that. that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not unfamiliar with that. Uh, but it was specifically the move from away from Intel chips to these new ones. They're so much more power efficient, so much more, so much faster. Uh, Let's talk about what makes the M1 chip special for a second here. 
Because this is this what allows Apple to get away with these these things that Jake's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's it's all about because they make the, chips like travesties. the M one. Yeah, I mean, it, the fact that they're making it themselves is like whatever. But really, what it comes down to is the integration of all the components working together. Mm -hmm. That's why Apple's never been about specs. You know, like they've never been like, oh, we we have four gigs of of memory or RAM. You you have to look for that information on typically on on stuff. Uh, they never really advertise it in their keynote mm -hmm. speeches because, like for an iPhone, for instance, you compare the specs of an iPhone to an Android phone. Uh, an Android phone almost every single time will blow it out of the water. Battery size, processor speed, memory amount. Not anymore though. Not anymore. It stopped with like the iPhone 12. No, the mm -hmm. iPhone 12 Pro compared to a flagship Android is still not sure? as good. I, on I can paper. swear that. However, what I'm getting at is Consult that the iPhone. Consult Brownlee. Consult him now. <laughs> Call him up, Nico. <clears throat> this is his argument. Okay. This, uh, and when you get down to it, but you actually start running these benchmark tests for battery life and speed of performance, iPhone still kind of comes out on top. Even though, even with slower processors, it's the fact that Apple controls all of the components from the operating system to the hardware. Mm. They're able to make it work together. It's teamwork that is so mm. perfect that uh, they're able to get more output than the hardware should allow. Yeah. Whereas Android, you have all these different companies making something for one company that makes the, the operating system and they're having to source yeah. all these different parts and you end up with like these little barriers uh, I can't micro believe, barriers all over the place that slow things down. I can't believe that Apple survived. Yeah. Like when you think about that as like <clears> a model, <throat> especially early computer. I mean, they almost didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's it's pretty remarkable that that aspect of it. I don't I do not like though how they know that there's a faster thing out there that they could use and they just hold on to it until the next generation of their hardware comes out. But like you said, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um well, that's to, actually the faster yeah, thing isn't actually true anymore with the M1 chip. There's like there's actually a bunch of things that makes it really special. One, they are making it themselves. Intel's not making it. Qualcomm's not making it. Like they're making it. <clears throat> um, Do you know much about the machine learning aspect of it? I know a little bit about the machine learning. I know very little about it. it too. I just know it has 16 ML cores. Yeah. So whenever it's that a custom means, made I don't chip. Know. It's also it's uh, I think it's running ARM architecture. Okay. So up until this point, you have. Uh, you basically have chips that are that can run certain types of math and instructions, and you have other chips that are good for different types of instructions. And the kind of chips that we have in our PCs are good at running like actual like script based instructions, uh, whereas like the stuff like the chips on your GPU, for example, are just good at doing math because GPUs aren't there running through a script going like, okay, take this variable and grab the string. Now grab this variable. Now access this file. Now grab this variable and take the string. Now write this file. Like they're not doing step-by-step -step instructions. They're doing like, all right, take this matrices and multiply by this matrices. Like, you right, know, that's yeah. what it does. Um, <laughs> so up <laughs> until this point, the chips that you'd have like on a phone and the chips that you'd have on a computer would be different chips. And then Apple just went, screw it. They're the same chip. And now they have the same chip in their computers <laughs> that they have in their iPhones, that they have in their iPads. Because they reprogrammed OS X or OS X to run on ARM chips. Hmm. Uh, so that's crazy that they can use the same chips in their phones and their computers. And then hmm. on top of that, the M1 itself is like twice as fast as like the closest competitor chip. And then on top of that, its heat usage and its electrical usage or its electricity usage is like way beyond like what other chips are. Like it is so efficient in terms of its electricity hmm. that it, and it generates so little heat. Like... How many ports do you have on that MacBook Air for uh, for like venting? One. 
Preventing none. 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 <laughs> there are zero none. venting vents. There are two USB ports and one headphone jack, and that is literally it. Wow. So I heard that there's the, no fan. I heard that the power of that chip is like equivalent to like a 1050 or 1060 GPU. Really? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> I could be wrong, but it's at the point where it's it's like faster. You can you know you can have graphics better than you could on the Xbox 360. And at this now point. they have the power to create a global AI deep mind computer. Kind of because everybody's every chip actually has an AI processing core meant for running like AI instructions, which is oh yeah yeah, yeah. which They're is one of the things yeah <laughs> it's one of the things that lets your iPhone take such nice pictures. Because it's it's running those pictures through AI image cleanup. I'm still processes. blown away by how pervasive that is in iPhone imagery. It's like I, I I know I've mentioned this before. I apologize, but in the Attack on Titan video, there's a segment where I'm talking about how big people are, mm-hmm. and it's one single long take. And I shot it with CamTrack AR, mm-hmm. and that is an awesome app that 3D camera tracks your scene as it's recording footage, but it doesn't have access to all that machine learning post processing mm-hmm. that Apple throws onto the camera that's why when you take a picture it looks pretty nice and sharp you take a video it looks nice and sharp and stable uh but that all happens after the sensor outputs the image mm-hmm. so cam track ar just gets that output directly and gives it to you and so that's why if you actually go back and look at that video that segment <laughs> doesn't look very good it looks like, like i GoPro shot it on three like, yeah it does <laughs> It does not look good. I was blown away by how crappy the the footage looked. And it was yeah. technically 4K. It was no, and I, it may have been 1080. It was like a weird aspect ratio too, but um yeah, there's another like, shot in that video where like the bone like grows and then breaks in half. That's also shot on the same exact phone but using the the built-in phone uh camera app and it looks way better. Yeah, mm. Apple saved themselves a bunch of money by instead of upgrading their camera sensors they just created an AI algorithm to simulate what it would look like if it shot with a better <laughs> sensor. And it just takes your worst picture and turns it into the emulated better picture. So crispy. And it's amazing how well that works. It works yeah. so well. And they have custom silicon on their chip to make it happen. Hence mm-hmm. the integrated parts that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very smart. Like, if there's a way to save a lot of money with, like, you know, uh, software engineering, like, that's a way to do it. Like, I, I do <clears throat> actually doubt that I'll ever get a Mac desktop station. Yeah. I think I'll stick with PCs for, you know, forever, maybe. I don't know. Foreseeable future uh, to actually do any amount of work on. Um, but the new iMacs look pretty sweet. Like, the different colors. But they also straight up just look like a giant iPad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're super thin. <laughs> They're super flat and they're just they're the size of an iMac. And it's because it's like they're like, yeah, it's it's because it is an iPad. <laughs> it's just bigger. It's literally the same all of chip. our all of our computers now, whether it's a, a phone, a mini phone, a tablet, a, a laptop or a, an actual full desktop. It's all the same technology now. It's yeah. all the same chipset. It's all the same architecture. It's just a different form factor and different size. And it's incredible that it's taken us this long. To get there, and only one company has done it. So wait, is it, it, in order to do that, is it using a cloud? No, or it's it's just the it's just the chips are that good. The chips are that good, and then the software design is that good too. Okay, it's it's they've they've redesigned all, iOS, OS X, all that stuff to run on this chipset, no matter what. But that's the beauty of the closed system is, it's like Sony making the PlayStation. You know, it's like we know these are the chips, we know this is the hardware. 
and we're the ones who are going to make the stuff for it. So we're just going to set the rules and follow them internally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely <clears throat> value to that. And uh, I don't, I like to harp on them because there's a, there's some things that I don't agree with, but I mean like they do overall. sell everything at a 100 percent markup over the cost yeah. of parts. Right. Oh yeah, they're they're not they're not they're angels by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Yeah. Have you guys paid attention to the Epic lawsuit at all? Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I hope Epic no. gets a solid swing in. I do too. Yeah, I think what? actually, I mean. I actually think Epic is a very like stand-up company, and they do a lot of really Same. good things. I 100% agree. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and the, you know, the whole concept of like percentage taking percentages is kind of fucked up. Like, if you have a set cost, like you know, hey, putting an app in the app store, like okay, we have to do these things, we have to do this much hosting. It's like that's a set cost. To just say blanket 30% is what we take, like that's not a set cost. That could be a, like a little bit, or it could be a ton. And like to try to argue that, you know, like well, you know. <laughs> you know let's say you sell like 10 million dollars worth of revenue and we're going to take three million of those dollars like it didn't cost you three million dollars in hosting fees yeah you know right. you are literally just arbitrarily saying it it says it's a percentage it's just, so you a just distribution arbitrarily take a chunk yeah, and they, they also have a lot of like monopolized uh uh practices i guess because it's all on their platform yeah. and it's their marketplace <clears throat> uh, for those unaware basically uh epic uh, makes a lot of things that we use unreal engine for instance they also make Fortnite, mm -hmm. and uh these were apps on the app store for your ipad or iphone and basically m epic decided to move some of the payment systems off the platform mm -hmm. off of the apple platform because apple took 30 percent off yeah of they t apple yeah. for every single <clears throat> app that you buy on the <clears throat> apple they store Apple yeah. pockets thirty percent of it. Up never, never subscribe to our website on an iPhone, by the way, because of that. <laughs> because they just we just lose thirty percent immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that That's, that means you know I kind of didn't realize that, but I'm not. I I know this. <laughs> I understand yeah. that. I just didn't. And that's kind of messed that. up. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Because they're not the ones like it's one thing for like, oh, we're hosting the app and you buy the app through our store. And we're dealing with the reviews. We're dealing with returns. Which still percentage is not a reflection of how much it actually costs. They could just have a cost number. But, like, it's like, oh, if you want to buy your V-Bucks for Fortnite, we're still going to take 30% of that, too, even though now you are handling. Like, yeah, and basically all Epic did was <clears> like, <throat> all right, if you want to buy, like, more V-Bucks inside the game so you can buy more skins yeah. and whatnot, feel free to, you know, come to our website and, and buy them there. And Apple was like, nah, banned. Banned <laughs> well, the app from the web, from the Apple store. Mm. Yeah. And, Apple, and, and Epic was like, okay, hold on, hold on. Hell no. Because <laughs> they're using them as an example for everyone else. Yeah. That's yeah. why that's why there's no merch link in our app on <laughs> on iPhone. Oh. Because then they'd take 30% of of whatever well, else we sell through the store. Or there's some other convoluted nonsense that we just wow. didn't want to deal with. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, it's interesting. But the thing is like Apple explicitly doesn't let you install other things on the phone. You know, it's like you can't get third party apps. They have to go through the app store no matter yeah, what. Yeah. And that's very monopolistic. And they'll argue, well, it's a, it's our closed hardware. It's like they have a decent defense for it. It's like, you know, you want to make sure everything's secure and uh, all that stuff. But it's, but like, it's my device, yeah, not yours. No, I'm you know? uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you have the ability to jailbreak it, you know, and you can crack it and whatnot uh, to do what you want. But then Apple then kind of turns around and punishes you for it. Yeah. Arguably, this is more of a monopolistic thing than it is like an actual like, can you or can't you do this with your phone? Like, you know, of course you can jailbreak your phone or not jailbreak your phone. Like, it's more 
as a mono- is it a monopolistic practice for Apple to say anybody doing anything on our system is going to give us 30% no matter what, regardless of the actual cost accrued by us or by them, we take 30% of everything because we're the gang that runs the town. Like, is that monopolistic? <laughs> you yes. be the judge. Yes, it, it is. It is. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, but the news I read uh, this morning was that apparently the Apple lawyers did a much better job presenting their case than the Epic lawyers. So I was like, Ooh, mm. okay. Yeah, but who said that? Just, you re- did you news. read that on Apple News? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like Verge. Popped up on apparently my Apparently, like, some handsome Apple lawyers are articulate and say their arguments <laughs> very, very well compared to the, the dumb, best-looking lawyers like... in the land. <laughs> It's like they're they they're coming to some sort of compromise that actually may end up benefiting Apple more than they were at previously, and I'm like, oh well, well that doesn't sound good off the top. I don't know. It's it's I don't know anything about it. I have not looked into it that much. <laughs> this is what you get for your insolence. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our podcast. It was a good time. If you want to hear us talk about the future and wax philosophical about iPhones, tune in to the Code or Cast. <laughs> yeah, but for real, we might I promise. Talk about videos, who knows? I don't. I know promise yet. I'll only talk about uh, my electric mountain bike a little bit more. Next time we'll play games with an AI, and the time after that, will someone will bust an eye. <laughs> And then next time after that, we'll talk about the future on the Corridor cast. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Are you going to play us out post-playout? No, I, mean, I mean, I can just jam on this, but that yeah, was just go. jam us out and then we'll put jam the, us out, we'll put the uh, end credit. I'm sure I'll see more comments about how I talk too much. <laughs> I mean, it's a Corridor cast. That's what you it's do. It's where Ren's supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>